This episode is brought to you by Maya, My Yoga Audio, an intimate podcast experience of yoga just for you. Your mind on your mat, listen closely, expand exponentially. Hosted by Megan Morgan, a yoga teacher, writer, and artist. You can listen to her podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Listeners, welcome back. It's time for my uh, my yoga audio, and I'm your host, Megan Morgan. I'm really excited to bring you back for an interview today with Carly Adams. Carly is a home organizer and the owner of Tidy Revival, based in Sacramento here in California. She helps her clients and students get organized at home virtually. Carly is a self-proclaimed organizational nerd that loves to geek out on the topic regularly on the Tidy Revival blog. When she's not working, she can be found relaxing at home, collecting houseplants, and enjoying takeout with her husband, Corey. Carly and I first met a few years ago through mutual friend, Tammy Hackbarth, who's also been a guest here on My Yoga Audio. She's the host of the 100% guilt-free self-care podcast, website, and coaching service. And I still remember the first time I met Carly. She just was filled with bright eyes and smiles. And I was really excited to get to know her. And for the probably umpteenth time, I'm mentioning Creative Mornings on this podcast because it has been a huge source of comfort and friend-making and community-making in my time here the last eight years in Sacramento. So Carly. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to hang out with you today. I know. It's been a long time coming. We keep seeing each other and passing at events, and we have so many mutual friends in common. So this was destined to happen. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm stoked. Thank you. Does your memory serve the same for how we met at Creative Mornings? Or was there another event we might have met at before that? I want to make sure that's right before we move on. I think it was Creative Mornings. I know we have mutual friends in Wanda Uh and Cache. So Mm -hmm. we keep running into each other socially, but I think Creative Mornings was where we first were like properly introduced. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, good. I want to make sure that it was the the same for both of us. And so of course, I've read your bio. And so we kind of know what you do and a little bit about how Tidy Revival came to be. And we'll get into that in a moment. But I wondered before we jump into that and how you help women your blog and your website, your service is called Tidy Revival, but I'm curious about what some of the most untidy things about your life is right now. Um, I love this question so much, by the way, (laughs) because I think sometimes there can be like a misconception that home organizers are somehow sitting on a throne of perfection, looking down at everyone else. And it is so not the case. I feel like at the moment, and this is just an ongoing thing. I'm always trying to work on my healthy habits. And this is definitely something that I started working on through my work with Tammy and my therapist. Um, But the things that help keep my body feeling good and keep my endorphins running and help me feeling my best. So it's not even necessarily about like, eating clean a hundred percent of the time or doing, you know, like losing this weight. It's more about like, what are the things that help me feel good? And again, the endorphins are huge, especially over the course of the pandemic, but I also get headaches really easily. So I find that when I'm on track with my eating again, not perfect, but just making sure that like greens are in my diet and that I'm stretching every day and that I'm working out These are the things that help keep my headaches at bay and just keep me feeling, feeling good. Then another thing that I'm working on at home, an endless project, I think uh, it feels like, but that's okay, is our yards. Because as much as I love my indoor plants, I am a super newbie when it comes to landscaping and 
we do not have the, <laughs> the dollars that it would take to get somebody to just come in and do everything. So this is just going to be like a slow but steady project. And that's fine. It's a good lesson in patience. Oh my goodness. See, we have that in common too. I see your background there of some really nice little plant beauties in there. And for the last two years, we've been working on relandscaping our yard as well. And I swear the same phrases have come out of our mouths. We're like, we really want to hire somebody who can come in and tell us what to do. But we're like, slowly just, when I say we, it's really more my husband who's doing the heavy lifting. I have design ideas. But, you know, he's been the one doing the majority of the legwork and that is some real work for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And as awesome as it would be to just have like a magic wand and by a magic wand, I mean, just like a team who just (laughs) did it in a weekend. I'm like, that's not, that's not a thing. So that's fine. That's fine. We're going to learn, learn and grow as we go. That's right. One step at a time, little bits of what you can do and learn. Yeah, exactly. There's no rush. Well, give us a sense about who Carly Adams as a person is. I know when I met you, like we don't know each other very well at all. We've just met each other publicly a number of times, but I always see a spark in your eyes and you have a quick and natural smile. And I always feel welcome when I'm around you. I'm just like, I feel like you're really committed to being there with me. And so I wanted to get to know you more and I know your business organically grew from you helping friends to organize their lives. So I'm curious, what do you think it is about you and what you do that draws in both the clients and the friends that you have? Because I sort of feel like that paved the way for what you're doing now, too. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for saying that, because I really (laughs) appreciate it, first of all. But also, I feel the same way about you. Which is why I'm really excited to hang out with you today. But something that, you know, and when you asked me the question before, I was like, oh, that's really good and had to, you know, sit and think with it. I think something that's really important to me that I aim to bring to the table in my relationships with my friends, family, but also my clients and students is to remember that we're all working through our own stuff. Um, And no matter what that stuff is, we all have a backstory and we all need grace. So just like there are a lot of things in my own life that I've had to work through and that I'm still working through, I want my time with others to be a safe space so that I can be part of the process and part of the solution instead of something that's going to be holding them back. So when people are starting to declutter and organize, I'm told frequently that it can be really like people feel embarrassment and it can be the thing that holds them back. And not all of the time, but this is something that comes up again and again for people. So something that I tell potential clients frequently is that, you know, as we're jumping on our our Zoom consultation, they're like, okay, I'm really nervous to show this to you. I always tell them, I'm like, I'm not in the business of judging because that's not good for business and because (laughs) I've seen it all and wherever you're starting, like, that's fine. We're going to work through it together, but it's not my, it's not my job to, to judge where somebody's starting from. So, so yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. And it, it kind of brings to mind, I was talking with someone recently who has someone that comes in to help her with housekeeping in the Mm -hmm. house. And she said, but every week, my husband like pre-cleans the house before the housekeeper comes because they get embarrassed about like, well, we don't want the housekeeper to come and think we're like this bad. So we do this little pre-clean before they come. And I'm, I can resonate with that. I feel like probably a lot of people in, in what you do might come up with feelings like that and maybe have feelings of, yeah, like you said, embarrassment or shame, but really we're all just humans, you know, trying to make our way through this world and organize our lives, organize our minds, organize our emotions. And I would think that probably a lot of that might come up sometimes in your consultations with people. Oh yeah. And nobody can do everything all Mm -hmm. the time. Like, you know, maybe I've got the inside of my house going on. It's working great. I've got my systems in, but like I mentioned, these yards are just like out of control. Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, it's one of those weeks where like, okay, 
laundry got done, dishes piling up, like, or <laughs> maybe I'm killing it in business and I haven't seen my husband for a week because I've been working 60 hours a week and he's been taking care of dinner and like making sure that I'm fed. You know, it, it's, you can't be showing up a hundred percent in all areas of your life because we just don't have that kind of time. So, you know, you pick and choose and you just work through what you can work through and prioritize what you need to, when you need to. And, and then if it's about getting your home systems back on track, then like my goal is to, to work with people and create things that are simple enough that it can be maintained as easy as possible. So that part won't have a lot of like ongoing thought behind it. You can just mm-hmm. kind of like get on, hopefully part of it on like a little bit more on autopilot, but yeah, get over the hump. <laughs> yeah. It's a process. So speaking of that with free time, I know you have a free online class that people can start with called how to create a clutter-free home without giving up all your free time. And I know you have a blog too, filled with tips and articles and the tiny tips workshop series. And so I I need to take some of these classes myself, I think, because who doesn't need more time and figure out how to be more organized. So I'm just curious, how long is the introductory free class and what can participants expect from that? And then kind of what are their next steps to working with you if they figure out that they need more help, as I suspect that many of us do? Yeah. Well, the how long, that's a great question. My aim is always no matter how many tweaks I make, I always want to keep it under an hour, but it's an on-demand class. So you can join at your lunch hour. You can join after your kid's bedtime, basically a time that's good for you. And it's running seven days a week. So that was important to me too. So you're not held up by my availability. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my clients and students are, you know, busy professionals, entrepreneurs, and, or, busy parents too. So everybody's schedule is a little bit different, but my aim is to, even though it's a class that's running frequently and I'm not there live with you, there's still a lot of little nuggets in there that are interactive. So I want your opinion and I have like little surveys that are, that are thrown in there and stuff so that you're not just having me talk at you. I want your Mm -hmm. opinion along the way too. So It goes through the top three mistakes that I see people make all the time as they get started decluttering and organizing, and I talk about what to do instead. And then it also goes through the four-step process I use with every client and student, and it has tips along the way. So even if you decide to never spend a dime with me, that's fine. I want you to still, you know, walk away with some juicy tips that you can implement at home on your time too. But you do also learn about the structure of my course community and what's involved in it. So if you want to dive in, if you want more support and to join and then you get like all the tips because with my clients and students, I'm holding like nothing back. I will. All the floodgates are open. Mm -hmm. Then I tell you how you can join too. Oh, good. I'm curious now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the process. If you have any confidentiality, all that, I'm not asking you to name names, but more yeah. of the, <laughs> I know shall not be we shall not reveal that here yeah. um, but like I know there's feel-good stories I'm sure there's feel-good stories that have come out of your work and the changes your clients have felt that go beyond aesthetics so I always think about you know before and after pic um, mm-hmm. photos and videos like I'm a sucker for like HGTV shows that like love it or leave it flip it or flop it like before and after but I sort of feel like I mentioned before when I I read your story and what you do with people, it's really overcoming this feeling of, of shame. So like, whether it's your home, your finances, like all the things that society or your family or whoever makes you feel bad about, I get the sense that your clients probably feel a lot more change than what just a before and after photo would show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's definitely plenty that I can share without like diving into the the confidential aspect of things. But I will say that lots of different organizers work different ways and focus on different things. And the thing that is really important to me is that I'm using decluttering as the foundation of everything that I do when I'm working with clients or students. And that's, that's the, the process is built around decluttering first and foremost, and then creating systems after that. So my favorite part about 
working with people is really that. And the, the work that I do is that I do get to help people because I'm focusing on folks who feel that they do have too much stuff. And we're working through that decision-making process. Years ago, before I started Tidy Revival, I used to work in video games. I was an executive assistant and it was really fun and very interesting and just like a good time. But I was left wishing that I was helping people in a more personal way instead of, you know, just like my executive and their team and like the day-to-day work process. So when I decided to change careers and branch out on my own, something that was really important to me was that I was helping people in like a more personally significant way. So helping people through, again, the decision process of decluttering and something that I had to also learn and felt so much peace from. It can be really hard for folks. And I love being part of that process and helping make it easier. That's my goal. Tell people, I call it to flex that decluttering muscle, just like Mm -hmm. any other muscle, like the more you flex it, the easier things get. But some of the moments that I've worked on with clients have included like clearing out rooms that have maybe become the catch-all. And that's really common, by the way, if anyone's at home and saying like, oh, I have this room that I just kind of throw things in and just shut the door. That's super common. I work in rooms like that with people all the time. It could be a closet that like that, but a lot of times there's a whole room. So helping people create spaces to relax, to maybe spark their creative side, like they want to do crafting or artwork, but they don't have this space that they could if this room was cleared out. I've had clients start side hustles in rooms that we've cleared out or even have a guest room or just, yeah, spaces to to feel more tranquil than stressed out. Over the pandemic, I was working with people online only for like 14-ish months. And I was helping a lot of people create spaces for themselves or their children, um, workspaces and school spaces. And all those changes were so stressful for so many people. So being able to view their space in a different way and kind of work through that process of creating these spaces and using our existing rooms in a different way was wonderful. And then helping people move. I do that a lot. Helping people as they like plan for a move. So whether that can be working through kind of like the project management side of moving, helping people take this big project and chunk it down into manageable steps so they can prepare their home, not only for the actual move, but to declutter in a way that's going to help it show better if they're selling their home. Or even, you know, I've helped clients who've been moving across town, across state, internationally, just make sure that the trains are moving on time and that they have somebody to be a soundboard and make sure that they're on track for that entire process is really fulfilling because it can be, I mean, everyone knows moving can be super stressful, but I've moved about 15 times in my life. So I feel like that project management side of it, like I've got, I've got that process down. So helping, helping people through that is good, but really it's about those moments in everyday life where maybe you don't think about how organization can help you, but even something like, say you're organizing a pantry and it's not just about having like a more visually appealing pantry. It's about making meal planning easier. It's easier to like find the food that you have when you need it, plan around it. It's easier to see what you're out of. It's easier to grab a snack for your kiddo in a second versus like digging through things. Or maybe you're clearing off the dining table and it means that your family is sitting around the table for dinner for the first time in six months or a year or however long it's been or figuring out the laundry backlog in your house and how to tame the laundry piles so that somebody can sleep in their own bed again, or going through piles of paper, which can like reduce your stress and help you get your creative flow back or be more productive in your work. It's like this little ripple effect. And those are the things that are my favorite things to work through with clients. What I love about, there's somebody who I know who's worked with you who said that after they cleared something out, this whole new opportunity, like all these windfalls of opportunity came into their life. And they were like, they weren't totally 
like esoteric about it. Like, because I worked with Carly, like this job opportunity came up for me, but they were like, I fully believe that process of clearing out my stuff, both physically, you know, then it was mental and emotional too. Right. And it provided me this workspace to say, I'm going to apply for this job or I'm going to go out on a limb and put this ask out into the universe or out into the workplace. And then it came back to them. So they they definitely considered you part of that whole process. Right. And we do kind of say that in the, you know, a yoga teacher. So we say that in the yoga community, as soon as you like work this stuff out of your body and you release something emotional that you've been hanging on to, well, then that makes room. So like you were saying with the dinner table, like maybe you've, you've just made that space to have a copacetic family dinner. Now that that space is cleared out. And I've been, I've seen a couple of shows and programs in the last few months. I've never been able to watch the show Hoarders. I I watched one episode one time and I, I was, it it was difficult to watch because the people were obviously really, really struggling. And I'm like, Hmm this part is not entertainment for me. Like, I, cause I just felt so bad for the people involved because they obviously had a lot of things on their plate, but something I've noticed a lot of times when homes like these are profiled and we're pointing a finger or doing shame, some of the things you've had people um, say to you and it doesn't ultimately help that person. What that person really needs is to work through their stuff and, mm-hmm. and what's coming up for them literally right in front of their face that may be triggered by something else. So I suspect you, Maybe a bit of a, a bit of a therapist some of the time working <laughs> with people, right? If it's sort of like it's we, we get very wrapped up in our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like this defines us. And I was able to purchase this, or I was able to bring this into my life, and it can be hard to let that go. Yeah, I um, remember Tammy has said <laughs> and replace the word stuff with the sh word, but she's yeah. like, working. <laughs> You're working through your stuff while you're working through your stuff. And it really is um, this this double process that I think that not a lot of uh, people, and when I say people, I mean organizers, <laughs> realize it even as you like get into it. You know, you work with a, a couple clients on the front end, you're like, oh, actually, this is more than 50% emotional and like the other 50% is actual physical items. But yeah, there are definitely some spaces that are more emotionally triggering for most Mm -hmm. people. There are some spaces that are easy for most people, but emotionally triggering for others. Mm -hmm. And it does become a very personalized process. Like it's not cut and dry. And especially when you're in person with people, you need to be somebody that can help kind of coach someone through the process without pushing too far. And you need to be able to feel that boundary. And I've definitely had clients where I was in a session the other week where I was kind of going a little bit softer and she just turned to me and said, I really need you to like, give me the tough love right now. And I said, okay. And I just switched gears and like, was like, we need to make a decision about this. And I know you've said that X, Y, Z, like, what do you say? And she's like, let's get rid of it. And she was like, thank you. I needed that. But there are other times when you have to switch the approach and like go a little bit softer. And when you start working with clients, it's interesting because when you, you, you kind of have to go in way more honest than you would with most people that you barely know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, like, if I'm pushing you too hard, tell me. If I make a suggestion and you feel like that doesn't work with you, let's talk through it so that. I can understand where you're coming from because the end result is something that you're going to be maintaining, not me. So, and like, you know, through the process, I'm never like, you need to get rid of this and you need to get rid of this and you can only have five shirts. It's not like that. It's like, let me ask you the questions so that you can arrive at the decision that's going to be best for you and your lifestyle. But it's a really interesting process and it does get way more emotional than you'd think it does. And there's, you always need to have tissues on hand. There can be a lot of tears. You need to give people space. We sometimes take little timeouts. If I'm working all day with people, I always leave for my lunch break so that they can turn off and I can come turn off separately and then we can come back together to like finish our day. But yeah, emotionally, it can be a lot, which is why I have to like <laughs> have my healthy habits. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise I just like work myself into the ground. <laughs> 
Actually, I'm curious if we can jump to that for a moment. Like what or who or what else do you love, believe in and do to be well in your life? Like what comprises a really good day for you? And people often ask like the perfect day, but like what's a really good day where you're like doing what you love and you're following your practices and your heart. And it's just like overall the the whole picture feels good to you. Yeah. Um, One of like something in a really good day for me would, it would start the day with moving my body. My favorite way lately is to do a really long walk at the river because we live fairly close to the river. So we've got like a little parks pass and (laughs) just take it down and do these like really long walks. And this walk route my husband and I have like out and back, it's right about 10,000 steps. So it's like, it's a really, it's a good long walk, but it's not like an all day thing. So that some sort of cozy beverage, depending on the season, you know, maybe right now it's like a hot tea or a hot coffee or something like that. I can just leisurely like go around my house, check on all my plants, (laughs) see how their water's doing. See if I need a little food, um, that sort of thing. And then spending time with the kiddos in our family. It's just like being an auntie has been so fun. And uh, we've been in Sacramento for about four years. And six out of seven of our nieces and nephews live here. And they range from locally, they are one to seven. And so it's been really great to just watch them grow and be around for the little moments and like, you know. Yeah, just the little moments. It's been nice to to see that in person. Oh, <laughs> I'm <just laughs> imagining all of that right now. It's it is it's very nice, and I've noticed that too. And I don't know if it's more. I like to think that I've been a really observant person my whole life, but I feel like the pandemic, you know, restrictions, lockdowns has made me even more appreciative of those small magic moments in, in every day, right? Because we can't necessarily look forward to like some big climactic event or point of travel or nothing is guaranteed right now. And that's mm-hmm. why the question really came from that. And for you, because I think a lot of us have been doing that, like really cleaning out our homes and our hearts. And it's just like, we're spending so much time there. And, and what is it that's really important to us? And so I wanted to move back into your business a little bit too, because you've been featured on the radio and Better Homes and Gardens, Forbes, Good Day Sacramento, which is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. For other small businesses and entrepreneurs who might be out there listening, I'm curious if you have any tips that you might offer them uh, about what you've learned over the last five years about getting exposure, speaking publicly and kind of finding your niche. Because I feel like you have really found that something that that you're good at and is important to you and is is really important you mentioned in your on your website like I'm helping other women I think there's this expectation that somehow women innately know (laughs) how to organize everything right and so then you feel this extra guilt when you don't so wrapped up in all of that um some tips you might say. Yeah. Well, first of all, in case anyone thinks that I am naturally organized, I am not at all. (laughs) And I did not grow up a naturally organized person. So all of this is based on me being incredibly unorganized and then doing like hundreds of hours of research. And then now I just take that and condense it down and into like what worked really well for me and share that with folks. So No, this was not like a natural thing. Um, But (laughs) I will say my first piece of advice is to know that just like with getting organized, you know, people aren't necessarily like born with this info. And if you'd asked me when I first started about pitching, I would have said like, I don't even what? No. And I, and I was also terrified to even think about that. And I also considered myself really bad at public speaking until very recently, (laughs) but because you just... I just needed to do it for work and I needed to put myself out there a little bit more and a little bit more. And then it just got easier and easier. So just keep going, start wherever you start and just keep going because it does get easier over time. And, you know, years ago before I started my business, if I had to pipe up in front of a room with 50 people, I was internally like really shaky for like speaking and that sort of thing. And 
now I feel confident doing like radio, which is a little scarier because it's live. I can't really take it back. (laughs) I have to make sure I don't have a potty mouth, Um, but, but it's good. So like, honestly, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Some of my favorite people to follow for pitching. Number one is our friend, Cache Jackson Henderson. Working with her honestly has been so helpful in teaching me the ropes for pitching. And she has so much great content on her Instagram and her blog. So follow her at the Cache Life on Instagram. And Cache is K-A-C-H-E-T. I also love Susie Moore. You can follow her at Susie.more on Instagram and her brand is all about helping people pitch too. And I will say that I didn't start niching down until about, uh, until, you know, last year with the pandemic, but it really forced me to think about my business and specifically what I wanted because I needed to really go for it to stay in business. And last year was very much like a make it or break it year. Like if I needed to try my hardest with online offerings. And if they didn't pan out at all, then I just needed to get a job because I, you know, I couldn't have, um, an expensive hobby and not a career. So, so it really made me think about, you know, what my process is and like what specifically I want to drill down as like the thing that I want to help people with versus just having like a really broad range of services. And what it does is helps you, like I was always nervous about niching, like, oh, are you kind of pigeonholing yourself? But you're not. It really gains clarity on the topics that do and don't work for your brand. And then the publications or the outlets that would resonate with you or not. And then something I think is important to tell people is to just keep going. Like know that not every opportunity is going to work out. I've had articles that I've pitched for, and then I see that friends got chosen instead of me. You know, congratulate your friends, be happy for each other. Community over competition is really going to be your best friend because there's no place in your heart for like spitefulness and like jealousy over these types of things. Like, we have to be happy for each other and cheer each other on. Like, there, there's no room for anything else. And then keep following up. One of my favorite rejections was a personalized one that I got from a brand I was really hoping to work with and I didn't get it, but I did get a personalized rejection and it's still one of my favorite emails ever. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And someone from the brand, that same brand recently without getting like into it, into it, they made a comment on like a, like a social media thing where I was like, I think they might know who I am. Like it made me happy. I was like, maybe it was that rejection letter that I made them write. <laughs> but you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So there's so much opportunity in the follow through and in just showing up. So just go for it because you never know what's going to happen. But the worst thing that happens is that they say no and you're right back where you started. So you know, just go for it. Yeah, I would say that's that's really a huge part of it. It's just just going for it and just showing up. And if you're nervous about where to start, just create a spreadsheet of all the people that you want to talk to and keep track of when you're reaching out to them and just keep working on that list. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That was a lot, actually, in one (laughs) answer. Thank you for that. For everybody listening, you might have to pause and rewind and listen again, because I think you gave about 10 pretty solid tips there. And yeah, I know Cache as well. And I love that we have, you know, her friendship and mentorship in common, because she's just an amazing person, but also like really knows what she's talking about in terms of helping female entrepreneurs, especially succeed in this space. And also thank you for sharing that was really vulnerable to be talking about the position you were in with the pandemic, because it's like, has this become an expensive hobby? Am I going to have to go out and get a job? How can I, you know, the pivot, everybody hates to use that word, but it's pretty real for small business owners because how do you pivot if like the big companies are, are struggling to make their sales in a pandemic, you know, what is, is your person next door going to do? So 
that was really brave of you to to offer that up and but you know it's a real raw experience. Yeah, and I mean there's no there's no sugarcoating it. I I had to give a lot of refunds over the pandemic, which is fine. It is what it is. Um there were a lot of things that just got canceled, plans changed, people wanted to do it themselves. Most people didn't want to wait out a pandemic. And because things were so unsure, I wasn't really offering that. But I did have a couple of clients that said, um, you know, I don't want a refund. Um, I do want to work with you, but let's just play by ear and talk after vaccinations. And this is like last May. (laughs) So that wasn't a thing I was like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. And I was like, well, if I if I close down, I'll issue them a refund. You know, I guess we'll go from there. But I ended up reinvesting a lot into my business over the last year in um, education and that sort of thing because of that and because of like the business savings that I had. Like those couple clients, I've told them personally, like they were the reason I didn't have to take out a loan. <laughs> like things got, I got real close there <laughs> towards the, the middle. But to still be in business and to have, built up my business savings again. Like I just feel so, I feel thankful to, uh, to still be here because there's, yeah, I got close there for a while. I could have definitely, it could have gone another way, (laughs) but but that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad. Well, and then that, that brings me to something else I wanted to bring up, like you're, you know, riding the waves of what's been happening in our economy and in our personal lives and our, our health lives. But another connection we have together is in supporting the nonprofit Aging Up, which is a nonprofit organization who helps teens who are growing up and out of foster care to be successful in the world. And so one thing we haven't talked about is what drew you towards supporting this specific organization. You're the person who introduced me to them. And then I became a big supporter of them as well. But I'd love to know your story behind that. Yeah. Um, I was connected with them randomly at an event and we just kind of like met and, and we're kind of lightly in touch. And then I ran into April, one of the co-founders at another event and we we're like, oh, okay, let's, let's connect and, and really see what we can do together. But I ended up working with them for the last three years on kind of helping behind the scenes for an annual fundraiser that they do in September called Play to Empower. But the thing that drew me to working with them in the first place is that, um, to be honest, like, like I mentioned before, you know, I wasn't always a very organized person and I was definitely the type of young adult that really needed my support system. I had to move back home when I was 21 and I spent nine months at home working. I went to like junior college a little bit during that time, but it was in the middle of my college years. Um, So I'd gone abroad. I like had no money when I came home. I was like, I need to move home. Uh, So being home for that nine months while I kind of created a game plan for like, okay, what am I going to do in this next chapter? Am I going back to school? Am I going to do something different or, and, um, and working and like getting money in my bank account and everything. What that was really pivotal for me to be able to go on and then finish school. And I just, I know how things would have been very different for me if I didn't have that support network to, to go back to. And the thing with aging up is that they're helping teens who are in the foster care system who don't have that support network and don't have that system to fall back on. And if you don't have that you know, what happens to you. And the the statistics for youth from foster care are honestly just really dire. And so the work that they do in not only connecting teens from foster care with a mentor, a direct mentor that they have relationships, someone who's not paid to be part of their circle, someone that they can rely on for emotional support and to ask those questions of an adult that they can trust. One things get hard, I think is everything. And they also offer a lot of um, education opportunities. They do things called up shops where they teach teens just basic life skills, like the things that you need to be taught to be a successful adult in the world that they don't teach in school. Um, These are things that they concentrate on, like cooking workshops and talking about budgeting and those things. But then they also have 
like positive recreational activities. Actually, yesterday I was thankful I was invited um, to be part of a holiday event that they did with um, the teens. But we all, it was something that some, one of the teens had requested and it was something that came out of the the play to empower fundraiser, but they got to rent out a theater and we all saw elf together and it was really fun. (laughs) And it was was really great. I was very, I feel very fortunate to like have been a part of that because that's not, um, yeah, you know, since I'm not like part of the the actual like mentorship part of the program at this time. Um, so yeah, they're just an amazing organization and they do um, a lot for the teens in their program. And I know that all the support that they receive financially, like it is going back into the program and mm-hmm. um, they're just the people who are, are running that organization are just amazing, caring individuals and, and I love them. That's all. I just love them. (laughs) And that is a good thing. I mean, that's all, I mean, that's, you know, to be cliche, it's kind of circle of life stuff, but I find the older I get too, I, I look back on so many things that I'm grateful for. And that's, I didn't go through the foster care system myself, but I was adopted and did have access to mentors in my life, whether they be teachers and aunts and uncles and people in the school community. And 100%, I would not be in the position I'm in right now if I didn't have that encouragement along the way. And as you said, the statistics for kids going through that system is just, it's really heavily weighted against them. So I love that we have that in common, that that mutual support of of a great organization that's really trying to make a difference in, in the world. You know, we're recording this the first week of December of 2021. And it will come out in a couple of weeks. So for anybody considering year-end giving donations before the end of the tax year, Aging Up is a really great organization to to consider on your list. We know these people personally and have worked with them. So um, consider doing that. And then I I wanted to switch it back to you as we kind of start to wind down a little bit. And I'm I'm curious if you have any live workshops, appearances, or events coming up that listeners can attend or or learn more about you. And then also, I'll put them in the show notes, but please just tell our listeners the best places for people to find you on socials and all the interweb locations. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and thank you again so much for having me. It's always, always a pleasure to get to chat with you, but I'm glad that we got to talk so much one-on-one today. And next time I see you, I'm just going to be asking you a bunch of questions. So just like, that's So as things are kind of winding down for the year, um, I'm not doing too much live, but I have been chatting with folks over on the Peanut app, which is an app all about motherhood. It's a pretty cool app over there. This is not a commercial for them, but it's kind of like Clubhouse like they do like live audio things. Mm -hmm. So I'm over on peanut talking once a month about different topics. It just depends on the, um, on the month. So if anyone is interested in learning more about those dates or times, feel free to DM me, um, or email me. And I'm happy to share that information with you. And then next year I'll be spending just a lot of time live with my course community. And, um, I'm going to be running through the course modules, like kind of more deep diving on every module live next year. So my students are going to be getting a lot of one-on-one FaceTime. But if you would like to learn more about the course community, anything like that, check me out at tidyrevival.com. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at tidyrevival. And I am always in my inbox. So if you have questions, just DM me anytime. Yes, you are the most fun to hang out with. So even though we did the like the plug for aging, up um really heartfelt they're not they're not being me to say this either i also want to encourage listeners to work with you this is a woman-owned small business out of the sacramento area but she's virtual so wherever you are listening just did my spotify wrap up and you're all around the world so if you're looking for help with organizing and want a kind soul who can also be tough on you if you need her to be then consider hitting up Carly because she would be amazing to work with. But before we close out, I wonder if you have any last words for our listeners, something that's on your heart, 
something that's on your mind. Yeah, something that's just important to you right now that you think um, might be unique coming from your voice at this time. That's a really good question. Um, And one that I did not specifically prepare for. (laughs) But something I've been thinking a lot about is, I mean, over the last, you know, year and a half is just like the importance of putting yourself out there as a business owner and representing like your own values as your company values too. That's something I've been thinking about a lot about. And I know I'm going to be having an upcoming blog post, like elaborating on, on these things that are important to me. But, you know, I think that, I think it's, it's very important for small business owners to take a stand on the things that are important to them. I think it's important that we band together to have business practices that are actively anti-racist. I think it's important for us to come together and support the LGBTQ plus community. I think it's important for us to have each other's backs as neighbors, just, you know, take a stand to like support one another. That's what's on my heart right now. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, as as small business owners, like you're a business, you're a person, but I think it's, it's okay to, um, to say what you believe in and for both. Absolutely. I was going to say, I'm like, I know I kind of sprang that on you and it didn't have to be anything profound, but it was, you know, like to be able to, to say something that this time of year, but I feel like the last two years that we've had have really driven that home more than anything. And even what you said about niching down, we have this fear that we're like going to be like exclusionary in some way and think we have something for everyone, but there's also something really impactful about standing for what for what you believe in and what you are serving and and all of that so yeah the thing that we've been talking a lot about this in some communities that I'm in for small business owners and for other organizers but you're not going to be for everyone but that's mm-hmm. okay too you know whether that's the type of organizing that you do or like the things that you believe in and are vocal about it's going to be okay because you're going to resonate and connect with the people that are like your people and it's going to be great. And there's someone for everyone. So it all works out in the end. Yeah. I love actually the, what you bring to point there too. Um, in my full-time position with the Sacramento black chamber of commerce, one of the things we do is help small businesses, you know, with their marketing, with their appeals to people, And we say that to them all the time, like, tell people about yourself and like who you are and how you came to be at this, like what inspired you to want to run this business. Because I said, believe it or not, there are a lot of people out there who it's really important for them to know who they work with. And so, yes, there are huge brands in the world that people do all their shopping and they trust in them because of prices or whatever their parents shop there. They've grown up with that. It's like, but there's also a really big contingent of people who want to have a personal relationship with the people that they're paying and, and having services from. And and that it's a, it's a completely different, almost less transactional way of doing things. And it's based on that shared set of values that you have. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now more than ever, I think it's, yeah, it's just important for us to like support each other in any way that we can, whether that's financial or emotional or, you know, whatever it is. We just need to like have each other's backs and spread kindness. Thank you for that, Carly. Yeah. Thank you. You said on my heart. So <laughs> yeah. on my heart. sometimes we go like, you know, the last episode I recorded, I ended up crying because <laughs> the, the person said something, so, you know, it just... I wasn't expecting it to impact me that way. And not every episode has to be this like soul searching thing, but they also kind of also are because everybody that I invite to come on here, I think has something really special about them and about their heart and what they do. And that's expressed in different ways. It doesn't mean we have to be like sobbing on every episode, but if tears come happy or sad, that's cool too. Like we could just be really real about who we are right now. I have to say too, and this was something I was thinking about as we were, you know, um, 
leading up to this conversation too, but I think something that happened for me personally is before I like knew you as well socially, I'd already read your book. Um, so then I felt like I knew you because it's like, you're so vulnerable with your readers. Then in turn, people can be more vulnerable with you because I I feel like you've already given that to me. You know what I mean? I feel like it's more like reciprocal versus just giving because your book is like so raw and so vulnerable and you really let people into your story. But I think that that's something that you can tell is very important to you is that you, you bring out other people's stories too. And I think it's, it's a gift that you have. Thank, so thank you. you. Oh, I thank you for being part of that and agreeing to, you know, come on and, and share yourself. Cause I feel like that's, that's part of my purpose here now is for, for more people to get to know other people. And when I did a survey at the end of last year, cause the podcast just launched in the, the fall of 2020. And I asked people, I was like, based on what I'm seeing with the stats with listening and stuff, like, tell me what you want. And everybody said the interviews, like, we want to know more of these people. So I'm still going to do yoga classes. I'm still going to do meditations and like the workshops and stuff. But overwhelmingly, people really want to hear the stories and and things that other people are, are doing and are interested in. And even right here in the community, people just said, like, I love learning about our Sacramento community. And then I went on this bent and had all these international guests and it's the mix of both. So the feedback has been more people, more stories. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. I think people really like hearing other people's stories and, and sharing their own. And it's like, it's what like really connects us like here, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again for having me on. You're welcome. Now you're part of the the Maya story and the Megan story, <laughs> which I so appreciate, um, listeners. So be sure to follow up with Carly on Instagram and on her website at tidyrevival.com and at tidyrevival. She's got some pretty great pictures up there taken also by our mutual friend, Christina Best, who's an amazing local photographer here in Sacramento. Highly, highly recommend her as well. And Carly's workshops, her blogs, her she's got her free introductory uh, video that you can check out to learn more about her and what she does. And I want to take a moment to thank podcast editor Wanda Abney, as well as the independent artists on freesound.org who provide the music to these episodes. But until next time, keep listening closely and expanding exponentially because it's always a great time for your mind to be on the mat. Mm-hmm.